last time I had the opportunity to share with our group was back in 2012. I uh, was given the privilege of sharing my testimony with uh, the ladies at our women's retreat. And I don't know if I've ever been a part of a more precious, loving group of ladies. Uh, and I, I would strongly encourage you all to think about going to the retreat this year. It's a wonderful, wonderful time that uh, will leave a lasting impression upon your heart. But just want to thank you all for this opportunity uh, to be here with you tonight. You are an amazing, incredible group of ladies, and the Lord, the Lord's love shines through y'all so brilliantly. And many of you have walked through um, the initial stages of the challenges of my journey. Uh, I have experienced a lot of, of changes that were outside of what I would have desired that my life looked like uh, starting about 12 years ago. And the last do dozen years have been quite different from what I would have ever imagined. But God has faithfully been present every step of the way. When we met last time and had the opportunity uh, to to gather and and focus on a time of, within the time of reflection on the weekend of the women's retreat back in 2012, the scripture that uh, our theme was built upon was from Psalm 31:13. 3115. I need these now much more than I ever did. And that scripture says our times are in his hands. And I was reflecting on the fact that uh, our times truly are in God's hands. He is the lover of our souls, our healer, our provider, and our redeemer. According to Ecclesiastes 3.11, he promises to make everything beautiful in his, its time. The words that follow tell us that God has set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God is a master of bringing beauty from ashes, gladness from mourning, and strength in place of fear. We're forever under construction, and we're a developing masterpiece if we are but willing. Although it does sometimes take some time for perspective to come, he does bring that in his, his time. And I think considering the fact that our times are in his hands has never uh, struck the deepest chords of my heart um, more than just the last uh, nine days, starting on the 31st of December, I hadn't shared with Lynn and with the group. Um, my dad suffered a heart attack that was quite um, major, and uh, I was on my way to work and got a call from my brother, and uh, he said that that his, he first started by saying, Dad's okay, but he's at the hospital. It looks like he's had a heart attack. And mom and dad were in church, and my dad looked over to my mom, and, and she said he had lost all of his color. He had just gone completely white. And she said he ba began to perspire profusely and uh, just said, I'm not feeling quite right. So they slipped out of church, and uh, they were only about 10 minutes from St. Joseph's. And being a Sunday, they were able to get there rather quickly. There wasn't any traffic to deal with. And uh, she said after they walked into the emergency room, the gal at the front desk was a bit hesitant uh, in just feeling like she ought to expedite the process. And uh, mom told me that she heard someone just say from behind and never saw the person who said, we need to get him in for an EKG right away. And, and I asked her later, I said, mom, do you think that was an angel? And she said, 
I don't know, but she said it was because of those words that were spoken that things began to move forward rather quickly. And, and as soon as they took him in for the EK, EKG, they were immediately aware that there was a problem. And uh, what ended up happening, he went into the cardi cardiac cath lab, and they discovered that he had 100% blockage in the main artery. And they, they proceeded to provide an ad for stents. And the doctor told him uh, when he was in recovery that had 90 additional minutes passed, he would not have survived. And thinking about the preciousness of every moment that God gives us in the year that awaits, every moment truly is a gift. And uh, and I think uh, my dad's perspective, he, he's a believer in walking with the Lord, but I think that he recognizes that the Lord has given him extra time that, that is indeed um, very targeted and purposeful. And I think he's very excited to see what what the future uh, holds. He just turned 84, so he's lived many years, and he um, lost his dad when his dad was 72. He died from a massive heart attack, and so I think for many, many years, he didn't anticipate that he would have longer than his father had. So I think he's already considered that the last dozen years have been a gift, but uh, I think it's going to be a joy to have the opportunity to see how his heart is impacted. And I know that his focus is on the Lord and all that God has for him. As we transition into the new year, I think we often feel prompted to reflect on events of times past, and I'm hoping that your transition into this new year was much less eventful than mine. Uh, we've certainly come a long way in the last nine days. Although the details of our lives are unique, I think that we can all agree that time seems to be passing more quickly than ever. I heard a speaker just on my way over tonight on the radio say when he was in fifth grade, he felt like it took 35 years. And uh, I, I have found myself saying from year to year, oh my goodness, the time just seems to be passing more and more quickly. This year it felt like when we celebrated Christmas, I was still in August. So um, certainly, I, I, as I've spoken to others, I've, I've gotten similar feedback. And I think that collectively, um, the fact that time seems to be passing more and more quickly is something that we can together share. I received a really sweet Christmas letter that I wanted to share with you. Uh, there's a, an entire compilation front and back of all that has gone on in this particular family's life throughout 2017, but uh, the letter concluded with uh, a very creative, very clever um, list of, of uh, rhyming text, and I wanted to go ahead and share it with you. It says, they say that time flies. This year, it seems we took a private jet. Thank God we had our seatbelts on. He has not failed us yet. Through turbulence and choppy skies, we had a bird's eye view of how God pilots every trial to teach a thing or two. And though at times I'd like to get a refund on this flight, I wouldn't trade the many times God held us close and tight. Why is the peace of letting go born mostly out of strife? I wish there were an easier way this side of heavenly life. But I'd not skip a single day or change one tiny bit. I saw him work, for he has been my God through all of it. And even when it seemed I could not handle more surprise, indeed these trials placed in my life were blessings in disguise. And I thought about um, the fact that so often the sorrows and difficulties in our lives, if we had the opportunity to write the script, we would leave those chapters out. And yet, as we have the opportunity to look 
back in hindsight as we reflect upon all that's gone on. So often we do recognize that those, those difficulties, the places of greatest hardship truly have been blessings in disguise. And oftentimes the places where we have the privilege of experiencing God's loving concern, his provision, his presence at the deepest levels beyond that which we would have had the opportunity to experience if we didn't find ourselves in that very difficult place. Our theme this evening is new beginnings, and our scripture tonight comes from the book of Isaiah. We'll be focusing primarily on chapter 43. We'll be looking a little bit at 42 as well. And as we turn there, um, I'd like to, to, as you're moving forward in your Bible, to turning to that particular scripture, and we're going to start with 43 verse 19, as Lynn introduced earlier. I'd like to just take a moment on to reflect on the fact that we've just come through a season of gift giving. Gifts are typically wrapped. Sometimes they contain what we're hoping for, while other times they may not. I came across some of the worst gifts listed online, and I thought I would just take a moment to share those with you. A book on etiquette from my (laughs) mother-in-law. There's a theme here. Wrinkle cream, exercise gear, shapewear. That, that wouldn't be something, especially that we would want to, use, to receive, I don't think, from our husbands. <laughs> A nice sweater that had been worn, stained, and then re-gifted. Used red suede cowboy boots, dust included. A tiny box holding a cardboard copy of a gift card. It was intended to hold an actual gift card, but the recipient learned as she was enthusiastically informed by the gift giver that it was instead to be used as a gift card holder to hold all of your gift cards. And the most comical that I came across was an account from two sisters. At ages 12 and 13, one writes, my sister and I decided to peek in our parents' closet to see what we were getting for Christmas. As we marveled, oh, this is mine and that's yours, we practiced our surprised expressions for the big day. Early Christmas morning, we again practiced until our father strolled in. Upon opening the presents, we discovered that we hadn't opened anything we'd seen in the closet. My parents had decided that year to exchange hiding places with some friends. We loved what we got, but definitely learned who was smarter that year, as well as a very sweet lesson. Ah, And that one just brought uh, a lot of humor. I laughed out loud when I read that. Oh, and uh, the, I, I, I then thought about the fact that the book of Isaiah is filled with many gifts, along with many sweet and encouraging promises. The name Isaiah means the Lord is salvation. Of all of the Old Testament prophets, this book is described as the most comprehensive in range, and no prophet is more fully focused on the redemptive work of Christ. In no other place in the scriptures written under the law is there so clear a view of grace. This truth is so aptly revealed in our scripture found in Isaiah 43, 19, the theme of our evening tonight. And it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Oh, and I started with 18, just as you did, Lynn, and I have that. um, I've got my little flowery bubble all around this. Um, But I will go ahead and begin with 18 because I think it lays a beautiful foundation. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? 
I love the fact that God is the author of new. And it says that um, the word new refers, in one of the commentaries that I, uh, that I was diving into, it says new refers to something different from that which was previous, not existing before and for the first time. The encouragement that's contained within this passage includes the promise that the Lord will make a way for us. He will clear the path before us where we are only able to see obstacles. He'll make a way in the desert. The desert refers to a place that is desolate, often devoid of life. He will provide streams in the wasteland, a constant renewed supply of fresh, life-giving water, referred to as a bright trail in several commentaries as well, and I love that image. This living water is found in a place that's referred to as a wasteland. Uh, the place, This particular place is barren. Uh, wasteland is considered to be uncultivated, unsatisfying, often devastated or barely inhabitable, spiritually and emotionally dry. Sometimes I think that seasons of life that involve trials do provide that extra lens of clarity, and it's often in these moments that what is initially unwrapped does not look like a gift at all. And with Lynn's introduction, uh, just considering the fact that I'm involved with leading the, the divorced ladies in Christ, um, that certainly wasn't part of what I had imagined that my future would hold. When I got married at 22, um, I imagined that uh, we would be together forever until death do us part. And, uh, and as um, I wasn't given the opportunity to write the narrative, things ended very differently. But God in his faithfulness has been with me every step of the way. And I experienced a cancer journey within about the same time frame as well. And it's because of all that went on that really would have fallen, I think, into a context that we would consider the dark places of life. And, and also, if you were considering, I think, what the chapters of life might, uh, the headings might look like, I think we wouldn't elect that they would, would fall underneath those particular uh, headings. Yet, I've seen God working uh, more mightily in my life. And the the faithfulness that I've experienced that um, has just provided a sense of reassurance and just allowing me to look forward truly to what the Lord has for every day. Um, I think what has filled my heart with the greatest level of awe is the path that he has led me down as a result of some of the, the losses that have been experienced in times past. And Lynn mentioned that I am at Loma Linda now. I, I actually had anticipated going back into the classroom in my um, early years I taught. And my plan had been that when my youngest graduated from high school, uh, I, would, I would begin the process of, of looking for a job and actually had been offered a position at the high school that he was attending. And the Lord just held my heart back. It was uh, what a position that appeared to be very desirable. But uh, I, I didn't know at the time that I was just a few weeks away from a cancer diagnosis. And I was actually diagnosed on the first day of my youngest son's senior year. So um, the, the final year uh, that he lived out looked very different than what I had uh, planned on. But uh, it was through, oh, just 
many twists and turns that were very, very different and very much outside of anything that I would have hoped uh, my, my narrative would have been comprised of that God revealed himself most tenderly. And there's many of you in the group tonight. I'd been involved in my Moms in Touch prayer group and, and had gotten to know uh, quite a few of you uh, very intimately. And, and uh, it was during that time that the Lord, through many within this body, provided support for me and and provided so many surprises along the way. And uh, I think also that when we sink to a place that uh, is lower and darker than than that which we would have ever imagined and previously considered uh, a place that, that really comprised one of our greatest fears. And for me, I think that which I was most fearful of was uh, experiencing a divorce and getting cancer. And God led me through both. And in doing so, and in meeting me in the midst of all of it, and providing in ways that I never would have imagined, it actually ended up removing my fears. And so I think that our enemy oftentimes wants to derail and rob us of our joy and usher us to a place of living in fear. The opposite ended up happening. And uh, and I think that as we're looking ahead to the, the new year that we're standing at the threshold of, knowing with reassurance that that which we might feel a sense of trepidation about, we can surrender, release, let it go, and know that our tomorrows are... we we know with assurance that God is already there and we don't need strength for tomorrow today, but we can be assured that God is going to provide that strength in order to get through. So as we go back to Isaiah 43, looking at verse 19, see I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I went off of my notes, so I'm going to dive back in. I recently heard Ray Vanderlaan. He's a man who, if if any have listened to Focus on the Family over the years, he's on, on a regular basis. And he uh, is a Bible scholar who's put together a series of uh, videos um, that come from what's called the That the World May Know series. And he takes us um, to the Holy Land, and, and then he'll focus on various uh, portions of Scripture and, and walk us through. And he shared that the desert of our lives are oftentimes compared to the places of pain. In the desert, the train is difficult, yet it's there where God either leads or meets his people. God has been known to bring his people to painful places. In Jeremiah 29, 4, it actually states that God carried his people into Babylon where they were taken into captivity. In the desert, we can't survive long. It's a place without nourishment, without water or food. We need God who is our sustainer, our rescuer, and our provider. Wherever we find ourselves, God is able to carry and sustain us and to provide for our every need. Isaiah 46, 4 says, I am he, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. When we find ourselves in painful times, when God becomes our only hope, we oftentimes do experience his intimacy, as I mentioned earlier, more closely than ever before. And a desert experience often drives us into his arms. It's within these moments that we learn learn how dependent we are. There are so many passages that are found within the book of Isaiah that 
that are extremely encouraging, and they've provided a continual source of encouragement for me. There's a passage found in Isaiah 42, and it's on one of the cards that you received tonight. It's verse 16, and it contains many parallels to our scripture this evening. It says, I will guide them in paths they don't know, but I will make darkness before them into light and rough places into level ground. These things I will do. I won't abandon them. I will guide them by a way they knew not before, definitely something new. I will make the darkness light before them as before the children of Israel, as a pillar of fire by night, providing my word and Holy Spirit to lead and to guide. And it makes me think of Psalm 119, 105 that says that the Lord's word is a light unto our feet and a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It says, I'll make the rough Place is smooth, and one of the commentaries I looked at it likened this language uh, to making crooked things straight. I'll remove obstructions, bear under all discouragements, and carry through all difficulties. And he lets us know I will not abandon them. And I think that that is oftentimes what we need to hear most. And in the book of Hebrews, the Lord says, he will never leave us or forsake us, knowing that we are not walking um, down these new paths as he's doing a new thing in our lives. We are not walking alone. We can depend upon this promise from him who is forever faithful and change us not. We can depend upon the fact that the Lord will nourish us, he'll protect us, he'll defend, he'll provide. In Isaiah 43, 1 through 4, and that's another scripture that you have on your cards, it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, do not be afraid, for I am with you. And I, as I mentioned earlier, we're reminded in Hebrews 13.3 that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And I know we sang in one of our songs from Romans 8.39 that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. In time, God will turn our sorrow into joy. Jeremiah 31, 13 says, I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. And Isaiah 61, 3 tells us that God will bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes, which we sang about, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. If you find yourself in a place where you are in despair, be assured. It's not going to last forever. God is continually at work. And I think oftentimes the gifts of newness that come into our life, when they are unwrapped, they don't always uh, come as, as we would hoped and, and may not appear to be what we wanted. But in time, God will not waste any second of our suffering. And I think that um, my time at Loma Linda has certainly revealed that greatly. I was, um, before leaving tonight, I had the privilege of sharing with one of my co-workers about the time that, that I was uh, uh, looking forward to and sharing with you this evening. And, and this particular co-worker and, and one of our other nurses, uh, they both uh, 
on a monthly basis lead a grief group for our parents who have experienced either the loss of a baby on the NICU or if there has been uh, a death on labor and delivery, if there's been a stillbirth or, or if a mom has experienced a miscarriage. And um, one of the small groups that they lead is called um, Joyful Journey, and there's joy, Joyful Journey, and the other um, is Hope in the Journey, and uh, and the Hope in the Journey, you know what, I am forgetting, I just said the wrong um, title, but you can let me know, and it'll probably come back to me, but the, the point of their their support time is just to provide encouragement for one another. Um, the, joy, the, the Joyful Journey or hope in the journey is for moms who are pregnant once again and have suffered a loss in times past. And, and it's a time where there's a lot of fear when, when one has walked down that path. But uh, this friend is um, just a, a lovely, godly woman, and the gal that she, she leads, co-leads with uh, is as well. And, and I was just reflecting on the fact that I would not have ever met them had um, some of the difficulties in my past not been a part of my experience. And uh, we were just touching upon the fact also that when we go through difficulties in life, there's a place of empathy that oftentimes is accessible that wouldn't have otherwise been there. And I think we also recognize when we go through losses that, uh, you know, we hear people saying that I didn't know what to say when they were wanting to come along and provide support for another experiencing a loss. And there really are no words. It's just a matter of being present and and lovingly providing support. But uh, really, truly, there are no words. And, uh, and I think once we've walked down a path where loss has been a part of it, the reality of that comes to light, and we're able to offer loving support in a way that we may not have had the opportunity to access previously. And that's truly one of the gifts, I think, that the Lord provides. Um, But as I mentioned, I really, truly believe that the Lord doesn't waste any of our suffering. And I believe he takes no pleasure in our pain, but he will use it all to refine and shape us. I also have seen that he's glorified as we learn to depend upon him within every detail of our lives. Uh, He if as as we just consider all of this um, each day of the year, looking at the fact that there are promises of new beginnings um, that are waiting to be unwrapped, and realizing that time truly is a gift, if it doesn't appear to be in the moment, wait, it may take a little while, but his purpose will eventually come into focus. As the events of each new day unfold, unwrap the gift of God's promised provision and presence with a heart of anticipation. Look for him in the details and ask him to reveal himself along the way. Seek him through his word. He will faithfully lead us. I was touched by the fact that our scripture tonight does come from Streams in the wasteland, streams in the desert um, also is uh, a scripture that is is uh, touched upon earlier in the book of Isaiah and just reminding us that, that the Lord is going to forever provide. And this particular devotion is, I brought it tonight because I wanted to share it with you. It's been uh, a devotion that has continuously ministered to me. This is actually the one that I used. The cover has fallen off. And there's a place for journal entries um, in the margin of the one that is in a 
place of disrepair. Um, but uh, I have just loved this devotion. And I think aside from God's word, um, this has been um, one particular little book that has, has just ministered to me the most. We've just experienced a season of gift giving that's founded on a babe in a manger, born to die, in order to cover every sin ever committed. This gift is ours to take if we choose to receive it. The Lord has given us the ultimate gift of love. It's simply waiting to be unwrapped. When we receive God's gift of forgiveness through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus' only Son, we are forever made new. Let's go ahead and close together in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your gift of grace and forgiveness. We're so grateful for your promised provision and your leading, as well as loving us with tenderness that is beyond compare. We would especially like to thank you that we can begin this brand new year walking forward with the assurance that we are never alone. May you be glorified every step of the way. Thank you so much.